welcome back to our evening service. It's good to see each of you. And it's good to uh, gather again to worship our God, and Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. There is uh, a list of men uh, in our bulletins uh, each week. It asks us to pray for them. It's a group of men that is part of our family because it's an extended family of, of Northside. These men serve, serve in the military. One of these men is my son, my boy. I miss him very much. I don't get to run down the street and talk with him or, you know, see him face to face. Uh, many of you that were in the military or are in the military know of the predicament of military life. I'm sure Doug can tell us all about that. Uh, he was in the military and many of you others that went in the military missed your families while they <clears throat> were in the service. But in the military, my son is not my boy. He's a sergeant in the Army. And I do miss him. But we're asked to pray for them because they have some special challenges that many of us don't. Challenges of faith. Challenges that uh, we don't even know about. They don't, uh, many times don't get to attend service like we do. So tonight, I want to pray for these men in our bulletin that we ask to pray for. And of course, I tell you about my son because he's, he's special to me. Let's pray. Our God and Father, we're grateful for your love for us in our daily lives. Many times we don't. Uh, recognize those blessings that are ours that makes our lives possible. But there are men and women that serve the United States of America that need our prayers and our thanks and our salute to them and their service to our country and keeping us free. Tonight I want to pray for Brian Church. Matthew Powell, Keith Robinson, Austin Minshew, Christopher Nelson, Gannon Roberts. Not only these men, but also all the men and women of this country that serve us. Father, be with us tonight. May we recognize your presence with us when your message is presented to us by Brother Josh. Help us to listen carefully and closely because you're speaking to us. You are wanting us to demonstrate by our lives each day our faithfulness to you. Please forgive us, Father, when we do those things and say those things that are amiss. Help us to be diligent in our lives, faithful to you in all things. 
bless our singing tonight that it may honor you and encourage each, each of us to be the Christian servants that you have us to be. So our humble prayer through Christ. Amen. And I apologize, but you're going to have to grab these red books from a pew in front of you. <laughs> and it's not my fault. <laughs> Josh's PowerPoint this evening takes a little bit too much space. So I guess it's going to show us pictures of flowers. I think that's what we talked about this morning. <laughs> oh, but if you would, grab a songbook. Turn number 423. 423 will be your first song this evening. What a friend we have in Jesus. 423. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptation? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a so faithful, who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy? forsake me, take it to the Lord in prayer, in his arms he'll take and shield thee, thou wilt find a solace there. While we're towards the back of the book, turn to number 714 and mark that. 714 will be your invitation song. What will your answer be? Then after you mark 714, turn to number 15. 
To God be the glory, number 15. <clears throat> Sing all three verses. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his Son, who yielded his life an atonement for sin, and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Oh, perfect redemption, the purchase of blood, to every believer the promise of God. The vilest offenders who truly obey, that moment may enter the heavenly way. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he hath done, great things he hath taught us, great things he hath done, and great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son, but purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport, when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he hath done. And number 26, all the way my Savior leads me. Number 26, then after we sing the song, we'll turn it over to Josh. All the way the Savior leads me, 26. <clears throat> All the way my Savior leads me, what have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his tender mercy, who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, here by faith in him to dwell. For I know whate'er be 
Jesus doeth all things well. For I know whatever befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. All the way my Savior leads me, cheers each winding path I tread. Gives me grace for every trial, feeds me with the living bread. Though my weary steps may falter, and my soul a thirst may be, gushing from the rock before me, lo, a spring of joy I see, gushing from the rock before me, lo, a spring of joy I see. All the way my Savior leads me, oh, the fullness of his love, perfect rest to me is promised in my Father's house above. When my spirit clothed immortal wings its flight to realms of day, this my song in endless ages Jesus led me all the way. This my song in endless ages, Jesus led me all the way. Well, good evening. It's good to see you guys all out here this evening and I get the opportunity now to share with you about this past week on the trip that I went, mission trip, campaign trip, however you'd like to call it. I call it both. And where we were was in East Aboga, Alabama, at a place called Rainbow Omega on a disciple trip. Now, disciple trips is a ministry done out of Sunset, and one of my good classmate friends, he, he runs that as director of operations. He's not the founder of it, but he's the second uh, guy in charge, more or less. And he's been wanting me to go on a trip for several, a long while. And funny enough, I actually had an experience with them without being on a trip. Um, it's been a while, but some of you might recall me sharing pictures while I was still in Seattle, right before coming here, where we were on the beach and we had a table with a banner that said prayers for anything or tell us your story. Well, Disciple Trips, they take many trips to different foreign countries as well as domestic trips. And one of them was to Seattle and they helped us on the beach. And, and there we actually, me and a guy named Gerald who was on the trip from Texas, met a man named Zane and two weeks later we ended up baptizing him. And so they get to see missionaries in action. And they get to be part of that. This was a very different trip, though, than most of their trips, and they'll say that outright. The reason that they went to looking for a place like this was because of COVID, whenever everything kind of shut down and they couldn't travel uh, to foreign places like they usually did. And so they're looking for a place, and, and one of the founders, or the founder 
of Rainbow Omega. His name was Stinson and his wife Diane Carpenter. And they're actually Sunset alumni from back in the 70s. I'm not sure when. They founded Rainbow Omega for their son there that you see with them in the picture, Chris, who uh, is part of the residents still there living. All the residents at Rainbow Omega, it's a home for adults that are mentally disabled or handicapped in some way. And so Rainbow Omega, what it stands for, of course, you got this picture of the rainbow being of hope, right? And Omega being the last letter of the Greek alphabet. And so the idea with their title is there is hope at the end. Hope at the end for who? Well, hope at the end for some place for their kids to go, and they know that, that they're going to be taken care of, especially at the end of, of the parent's life when they're worried and they're wondering, who's going to take care of them when I'm gone? In fact, one of the uh, parents of the residents there had said that it was Rainbow Omega was an answer to a prayer that they didn't know how to pray and they, they had been worried and anxious about what's going to happen to my kids, what's going to happen to them when, when they're gone, but a place like this comes along, in which there are more than a few, to take away the anxiety. And so I'm going to tell you about Rainbow Megan. I'm tell you about what we did this week, but let me introduce you to our week-long team that's here. You see the gorgeous guy on the far right. I'm not going to talk about him. But on the far left, all the way from left to right, that's Darren Bible. He is the director that I was talking about, director of operations. He was one of my classmates at Sunset, and he is actually from Pueblo, Colorado. He was a youth minister before coming to Sunset, went through the program, and they recruited him to help run this mission uh, work. Next to him in the blue shirt, his name's Jeff. He's the founder. He's the guy that came up with this. I didn't know that I was going to be on a trip with all these important people, by the way, that I'm about to tell you about. I thought it was just going to be a bunch of average Joes like me. But lo and behold, I was with important people. And next to him is his granddaughter, who's 14. Next to him, the lady in the front, that's Bakanuki, who is Jeff's sister when he was in Botswana as a kid when his parents were missionaries. And so she got to come over and be the first uh, person from out of the States to be on a disciple trip. Behind them, there's two people in the back, uh, Kay and Stuart. And next to me, their daughter, Kim. Kim is on the list to be a resident at Rainbow Omega whenever space opens up. And in between there, you have a couple other people. In the very front center, the, the elderly, uh, very sweet lady is Karen. And she drove up for herself from Florida. She wanted to be there. She reminded you, me very much of you, David. She was, uh, she's, she's 82. I'm not sure how old you are, but no one's going to tell her she's not going to do something. She, she, and she's going to work hard. And she sure did all week long. Behind her on the left is Jeff's wife. And behind her on the right, that is Bob and uh, Janet. And they are part of the board of the disciple trip. So I'm kind of with, with a group of people that are semi-important for this trip. And so what we started our week with, of course, we got there Saturday, got introduced to each other. Here's a picture where we went to church Sunday morning in Lincoln, just not too far. A small church, small group of about uh, 20 people, and some of the residents go to worship there. They carry them on vans to one of these places such as this for them to worship, and we got to worship with them there and get our first uh, contact to get to know a few of them. Chris, the founder's son of Rainbow Omega, he's sitting right there in that kind of rainbowy striped shirt. And I've heard some joyful singing before, 
But those residents, they really do sing joyfully. I mean, they don't care what they sound like. They just want to sing, especially if it's their favorite song. Of course, they love the old hymns. And later in the week, we found out they really love VBS songs as well. And the founder, Chris, he referred to the residents. And I had to ask a question, do, how do we refer to the residents just as residents? And they said, well, Chris referred to them as the children of Rainbow Omega. And the sweet residents, sweet children, that, that kind of, of way of talking about them. But two, two important people, Bakanuki from Botswana and Karen, who is 82 years old. And I'm showing you them to show you that you too can go on a trip like this if you want. They got different trips going to different places, foreign and domestic, like we talked about. But Rainbow Omega, it's broken up. It's 325 acres. It was founded in 1991. There are 88 residents, and there are eight resident homes and two intermediate care facilities. Now, the intermediate care facilities, those are the individuals that need more uh, nurse care 24-7. And so the other houses, though, the eight homes, they have a house parent that stays there with them and some that kind of rotate in and out, but... It's their home. It's, it's their house. It's where they eat. It's where they sleep. And it's where they go and kick back and watch football and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of them really love college football. And you got half the home that loves Alabama, of course, and the other half of the home that loves Auburn. The house is divided, you could imagine. And so college game days, they get a little uh, exciting, and it's pretty fun. But there's work facilities for the residents. This isn't just a place where they go to live. These individuals, they work and they make money working, which is pretty great. And so uh, there's also the greenhouses that they work in that's there, as well as uh, the big vocational center at the bottom. And so I'm going to walk you through these as well. We started off our week doing, I had never done this or heard of this before, but a prayer walk where we, we explored the grounds and we came to the different stations I'll show you and praying over the specific people and the specific things that would take place uh, in that week, such as the Mumfields where we were working, by the way, which is why I have these here. And so a good portion of our time was spent working there. And they start to grow them at the greenhouse. I don't know if y'all can see the red circle very well, but I'm going to circle where I'm talking about. The greenhouses there, they do quite a bit of work. They have a garden center at the front, and it supports financially the residents. They have a couple big payday seasons throughout the year. They grow the mums during the fall. Right now in the greenhouses, they're putting rings on the poinsettias for Christmas time. And sojourners, the group sojourners, they're going to come at Christmas and work with them at that time. And then they got a new one that they have been doing, blueberries. And so they had a, a blueberry and bluegrass festival there, which I thought was pretty cool. That was just, you know, a couple, maybe a month ago. And then they also do ferns at a different time of year. And so they grow these and they start working on these. The residents do with help of others as well, such as individuals like us that come in for a short time and help. And they're working, they're growing these, they're taking care of them. But a big part, of course, what we did was the mums. And so we, we went through, and it was really funny, the next morning they told us, man, you should do this prayer walk uh, more often, or you definitely need to do that because the next morning they got a call. I'm not saying there's a correlation, I'm just saying it was funny. They got a call saying, we just sold 160 moms. We need y'all to take two trucks and deliver them. And we said, okay, we'll do that. But here's a picture of, uh, on the left, 
residents and Kim, who will be a resident, working with the poinsettias, putting the rings around them, and Kim's dad, Stuart, who's there, who just Friday, he was now a retired judge as of Friday in Texas, so that's pretty cool. And in this area where the Mumfield are and the Garden Center is where I spent a majority of my time when we weren't with the residents. These are big mums, as you can tell. I mean, these things are like half the size of me, and they're way pretty hefty. I'm a strong guy. I can carry two. But these things were, were bigger than these, and like I said, they got an order for 160. The next day, they got an order for 70. The next day, they got an order for, for you know, there's a local trading post that ordered these. And so we, we loaded them up and delivered them there and scattered them out at this place where they wanted them because they would go and sell them as well. The other place that I didn't go to, but there was this Amish garden center that ordered the 70 mums, and they took them and delivered them there. Now, everything that the, the proceeds all go to support the residents and the housing and everything that's going on there. And so our work with doing this is helping the residents. They got, except for the... Uh, care nurses and the um, house parents, it's more or less a volunteer operation. And there's not too many people. And so Kathy, who's working the garden center and a few others, they were stretched pretty thin. They were way behind schedule. Well, we were able to come and get them a couple weeks ahead of schedule by doing this. And also one of the young girls installed software for them on their computer that keeps track of the inventory as it's being sold and all this. And they just thought it was the best thing ever. And I said, yes, it is, because <laughs> that's very helpful when running a business. And so we, we delivered all of these mums that look good. I didn't have the heart to show you the trash pile of mums. If mums were broken down the middle, they couldn't sell them. And so there was this gorgeous trash pile of mums that were half broken. Um, but I pulled these two out of there and saved them and gave them new life. How about that? So you can see, again, big mums and us working just all day long pulling them out of the field, getting them up to the garden center, then getting them delivered or loaded into people's vehicles as needed. The other thing that was going on there that they are getting ready for, they have these greenhouse-like things, uh, not quite greenhouses like they have the other ones, but these are right next to the mumps. You can see them in the background. And they are going to start doing a lot more things in-house where they're going to save them several thousand dollars in the long run. But they needed these things to get up to, I guess, code or <laughs> where they could be worked in by the residents. And so you had panels blown out of one of them. Of course, I get stuck with this work, but I loved it. The panels get blown out of one or the greenhouse on the right was tilted so far this way. I mean, that thing wasn't coming out of the ground, but it's a good thing that I drove, being one of the only ones that drove, I said, let's just tie this thing to the back of the truck and I'll pull. And we did. And we got it mostly straight up and we set the post in the ground and we got it more stable and we started to build walls around it. And in one of these pictures, it was funny, I was showing Kenzie, I said, I'm looking at this displeased because I don't like it. <laughs> but it's, it's okay because we were basing it off the other one. They wanted it like the other one that was already built up. And of course, any guy is going to say, well, I would have done it this way, right? Or I would have done it a little bit differently. But they initially wanted us to put concrete in the middle of this, a concrete runway, so that some of those residents could get in there and could work. 
but obviously a lot had to be done in the meantime. It had kind of been overgrown a little bit. We had to take care of that, do a lot of digging. It was pretty labor intensive during the day from seven in the morning to about three thirty, four in the afternoon. Because after that point, that's and, and lunch as well, we got to go and be with the residents. Now remember when I said that this was started during COVID? Well, imagine a very protective mother protecting their children, right? They don't want anything to hap- let happen to them. That's how things were at first. This was a monumental trip, I, I realized. I thought they had a lot of contact with the residents in the past. They did not. Maybe an hour in the past trips, max. But now this week, things started to unfold a whole lot more. Hey, new surprise. You get to go have lunch with them where they're working. We thought, okay, that's pretty great. So let's go have lunch with them. And boy, a lot of characters and a lot of good time was had having lunch with them. And also, you know what? How about two nights a week, Tuesday and Thursday, you go have dinner with them in their homes and just hang out with them. And we said, okay, that sounds even better. And so that's what we did. And this is the house that I went to with Darren there. Awesome, awesome guys that are in this house. On the left, Brian, he has a famous, semi-famous grandfather who was Governor Wallace, uh, if you know anything about him, maybe not the best thing, but you might also see Brian, by the way, at almost every single home Alabama game on the sideline. <laughs> he is a big Alabama fan, but you see what he's holding there? You see he's got his Bible? Every day when he gets off work, he sits there and just reads and just kind of goes through it. Isn't that pretty great? How many of us is that the first thing we do when we get home off work? <laughs> maybe not as often as we should be doing and then next to Darren is Kale and Kale oh he just wanted to tell me about his girlfriend all the time he's just got this girlfriend he's head over heels with and and some of them do have you know quote girlfriends around but the way that that I I kind of make us or help us to understand it is it's a lot like the second grade playground you know, when you got your second grade girlfriend, it's that kind of serious thing. And so he just wanted to talk about her. And he's always like, hey, I got to talk to you. And I was like, okay. He said, I got to get out of here. I got to get married. And I was like, no, buddy. <laughs> I think you need to take things slow. You're doing good. He said, okay, that sounds good. And he'd always kind of look at you when you're sitting there. You see him and he'd just give you thumbs up every now and then. Sweetheart. Next to him is Richard. Took me a little bit to be able to, to understand Richard. If you're like me, I'm a quick listener, not a not a slow to speak, you know, type as James would say. But if you slow down and just kind of listen, yeah, you get to understand. And these guys, they're taking care of the house. They're cleaning their house. They're folding their towels. They're setting the kitchen table. And as we're eating lasagna with them one night, Richard there on the far right, he wanted to make sure that one of the other uh, house residents He's telling them, pass the Parmesan. He needs the Parmesan and, and that kind of thing. They're taking care of each other. Um, Bakanuki, who I showed you earlier, she put it very well. She said that some of the residents, and not all of them that I'll show you, some of the residents might be slower to be able to communicate, maybe a little bit slower to, to think, but they are not confused. Does that make sense? They, they know what's what. They understand you. And so as we're getting ready to go to their houses and, and just visit with them, I, I have a pretty good idea. But for the rest of the group, I asked, how do we just talk with them? How do we communicate with them? How do we interact with them? And they said, just look them in the eye and talk to them like they're people. Tell them you're proud of them. 
Tell them that they're loved because that's all they want to hear. They go to work and they work hard. Tell them you're proud of how hard that they work and the things that they do and let them know that they matter. And so that's a lot of what we did. And boy, they just love being having that friendship. And so Kale, he's saying, you got to come visit me at Christmas. I, I live in Destin with my parents, and I bet we could go. And I said, well, maybe. I'll be back eventually, and we'll hang out then for sure. But that would be fun, wouldn't it? He said, oh, yeah. He said, also, I'm going to tell my mom I need to go to Bucky's and get a T-shirt. I said, you sure do, buddy. <laughs> I stopped at Bucky's. It was 30 miles away on my way out. And I said, you sure do need to go there because I'm going there. This guy's name is Richard. Um, and, Robbie, I thought of you when, when talking to this guy. I know that you and him would get along very well. He is very smart. He's got a greenhouse of his own right there that he's showing us, and he's growing his own garden. And the bucket on the far right, the, the tank there, he catches rainwater. The one next to it with the trash bag over it, he's saying, this is my fertilizer, and here's the little mini greenhouse I built, and then he's showing us his planter boxes next to it. And inside that shed right there, he's got his own little button business. You know, the little buttons that you might wear that you clip onto your shirt. He makes them in there and sells them. So these guys have their own lives. They have things that they're good at and things that they know. And he's just holding a conversation with us, telling us about how these things work and how he does it. And I just thought, man, this shed's better than mine. And so one of the residents that's there, uh, his name's John. And he can talk to you and I, just like we would be talking right now, holding a real conversation. And he is brilliant. And I mean brilliant, brilliant. He is very, very smart and knowledgeable. Karen there with a few of them. We're eating there in their home. Next to me on the couch there is Paul. And every time something funny would happen, by the way, I could almost live here because we're sitting back watching old cowboy shows, okay? And when they found out I was from Texas, it was game on. I was just the coolest thing ever. And so I got to act as if, you know, I knew what I was talking about with cowboys. But anything funny would be said or any, anything humorous, Paul would lean back and go, ain't that right, Josh? Like, That's right, Paul. And I said, Paul, why you got two different size socks on? He said, well, because my left leg got chillier than my right leg. I said, that makes sense. One of the residents there um, with, uh, I'm drawing a blank on her name all of a sudden, but he wanted her to read to him and, and read these stories, and he just wanted to listen to her read and, and have that friendship there. We're sitting there like I was talking about eating, and, and they're taking care of each other at the dinner table. We're having a good time, and then Wednesday night, we got to do a brand new thing as well. So there's like four brand new things. We got to do devos for each of the houses, and so there's two of the intermediate care facilities and eight houses. We had to divide up, and we kind of bounced from house to house to house. We did like a 10-minute devo. It's kind of like a come-in singing thing and then leave out singing. Not quite like that. But so we said, well, we'll do. they love old hymns, and they love VBS songs. I said, that's right up my alley, except I don't know many VBS songs. Some of them really love the hippopotamus song, if you all remember that. And, and I said, what am I supposed to do for a Devo? He said, just talk for a minute and a half, give a Bible verse, talk about how Jesus is something and, and how that applies to all of us. I said, that's easy. And y'all would like sermons like that, wouldn't y'all? minute and a half. 
And so I talked about how Jesus said he's the light of the world and how he called us in Matthew 5, 16 to be the light of the world as well. And we understand how we're supposed to be light by watching Jesus. What did Jesus do in his life? And they could answer and say, he, we are supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're supposed to work hard. We're supposed to take care of one another. And I said, you are exactly right. And then we sang this little light of mine. And then they love this twist at the last verse, this little light of mine. We sang all around Rainbow Omega, I'm going to let it shine. And they thought that was the best thing ever whenever we just throw that in there for them. And so we did that at different houses, bouncing around. Then you got the intermediate uh, care facilities. And we got to, uh, the other last brand new thing was we got to have, uh, I, I'm not sure, they, they have a health and wellness center where they go and they get exercise without really thinking about it. They play games or they sing karaoke or they do different things like that. And this was many of, of, of our group's favorite days. So we're playing bingo with them and we're helping them play bingo, the ones that can't move the card. We're moving the card for them. And of course, we had to run through bingo until everybody was a winner, which is pretty fun because... <laughs> And she, the, the, uh, the lady there that's running, she's got this, this older laptop and everything. She's a volunteer, one of the volunteers. And they're working on getting new materials. And I'm going to throw this plug in there. If anybody wants to donate towards this cause, a one-time thing, let me know because there are a few that are going to. But she needs a new computer and she needs a new some kind of screen because as they're playing bingo, it's on the screen and there's times when the computer or something will turn off. It's that old and, and that kind of, it's like this big. It's not really a computer. And if you know about these types of, of residents, if you throw off the rhythm or if you throw off the groove, it, it doesn't go over well all the time. And so a little bit of, of mini chaos kind of starts. And, and so they kind of got to calm everybody down and get things back on track sooner or later. They're working on getting new stuff, but again, they're just volunteers. And so if anyone wanted to help with that, just let me know. But here is the oldest resident there. And he's in the intermediate care facility because he's 98, not because uh, he, he's more like the other residents there, but because of his age. And Bill... Is very interesting guy. I didn't tell you this, but on the way in, I found out I'm entering Talladega County. <laughs> and four miles away from Rainbow Omega is Talladega Raceway. I'm driving right next to it. I called my wife and I said, I'm driving right next to the racetrack. And there's so many people here. It must be a race weekend. And sure enough, it was. And I said, if they kick me out, I know where I'm going. But it didn't happen. But a couple weeks ago, Bill got to go there and have fun riding around the track in a pace car and got to experience that. 98 years old, he's got the need for speed. And so we're helping these guys play the game, and they love it. And if someone gets a bingo and the other residents that can talk for them, they're saying, bingo, bingo for them. You know, they're trying to get, he's, she's got it, they got it. And then, they don't do this often, but they decided, well, since we got some guests here, we were singing songs with them. They love to sing, and they love to be sung too. They said, let's break out the karaoke machine. And so the residents, they got their songs that they love to sing on karaoke day. And the first one, she made everybody just about cry because she started singing a Miley Cyrus song, It's the Climb. I don't, it's from her generation, but she nailed it, all the words. The second one... She was just, just as adorable. She started singing Dolly Parton, <laughs> Islands in the Stream, and just belting it out. And then here's John, who told, uh, I believe her name's Jennifer, the volunteer. He said, sit down, I'm going to sing to you. And he put on 
again, Dolly Parton, I Will Always Love You. And he is just going and singing. <laughs> and I thought it was the best thing ever. It was so cool. And he was so sweet. And then he pointed at another girl and winked at her when he was done. <laughs> this guy, I think they said his name is Rolo or Roro. This is his best friend there. He pushed her up himself and started singing to her. And as soon as he started singing, her face lit up. She was smiling and grinning and just having a great old time. And so that was fun for all of us to get to see what they do and be a part of that and, and get to be with them for another first. So then at the vocational center, they work at the greenhouses and they get paid, but they also work at this vocational center and get paid. This vocational center was built by Honda. Yes, the car, Honda. And they built it themselves because Rainbow Omega got a contract with them for their residence. Um, in Alabama, I believe it's Lincoln, they have, Honda has a plant where they make cars, right? And I didn't realize it was so close, but they're making a lot of cars there. So the contract that Rainbow Omega got that the residents are doing, they are putting together the manuals that come in each car. And so all the pilots and all the, there's like six different specific cars, everyone that goes out from that plant, they're the ones putting all the manuals and everything together. And they are so proud of their work. They have a next to nothing error percentage. They do fantastic work. And like I said, they get paid for this. And then the house parents, they take them to Walmart or wherever they want to go on Saturday and they spend their money. Remember how I said it's house divided college football teams? Some of the houses have a big blow up Georgia Bulldog fan uh, outside or they got a big old blowed up uh, Florida alligator, whatever. I mean, it's a real deal. And so they also got a contract with Neptune uh, water meters and they put together some plumbing uh, I'm going to say grommets. I can't think of the right word. So they got a contract with Honda, and they got a contract with them, and again, next to nothing error percentage. And here's John, uh, one of the most eloquent and maybe the smartest uh, resident there. Uh, here's a video of him doing this. He's there. He's putting the manuals together. He's got the pieces here and there, and then he pulls out uh, the plastic bag, puts it over the manuals, puts it on the conveyor belt, and then off it goes. And that's what they do. And there's a couple others on the other side of him doing the very same thing as well. Pretty cool to think about if you get a Honda. Maybe it wants you, makes you want to get a Honda just to get the, the manual these guys are putting together. And so we got to eat lunch with them at the same facility, hanging out with them. Day one, Darren, he's the rock star because they've seen him before. They know Darren by name, and they're waving at him. Day two, after they've seen the rest of us, we're all rock stars. They're like, hey, come sit with me. Hey, what are you doing here? It's good to see you. And we'd show up. Are you working hard? Good. I'm proud of you. And here's our team all matching. And here's a couple of the residents, and let's see if there's just a few more. Here's me and Kel. They always want their picture taken with you. And I called Kinsey. Uh, on FaceTime, a video. I said, there's people that want to say hi to you. <laughs> and the guy in the rocking chair on the bottom left, every, anytime he meets a new person, he says, do you want to be my friend? And I said, yes. And he said, what do you do? I'm a preacher. You're a preacher? Yeah. Do you yell? <laughs> this morning I did. No. <laughs> I said, sometimes. I said, is that good? He said, oh, yeah, I like a yelling preacher. I said, okay, buddy. <laughs> and so Kel wanted a picture, and Mickey... And Mickey also, he was saying, because he really loved that I was from Texas, he said, can you bring me spurs? I said, what do you want spurs for? So I can jangle? I said, well, no, I can't bring you some, but that would be cool, huh? And then behind me, his name's Glenn. 
and he's a sweetheart. He's an older guy, and and he was showing me these old, almost black and white pictures of, of him when he was a boy and fish that he had caught. And so I'm on my phone there. I'm not texting or anything. I'm, I'm pulling up pictures of fish that I caught. And every time I'd show him a picture of a fish or a deer, he'd go, Woo! That's awesome. And just say, show me another one. And so we just get along great. And here's the, the lady that sang Islands in the Stream, just belted it out, put her sunglasses on, and started doing wheelies in her chair. She's just loving life. They all love life. They all are loving where they are. And they're a joy to be around. This person in the middle, Emily, she's got a little bit of a sadder background. She actually was in an accident when she was, I guess, in high school because she was uh, maybe prom queen or something like that. And now she's here, but, you know, she just loves life. She's full of joy. And she loves to talk about M&M's. And so we were talking about our favorite M&M's. Which one do you like? No, I don't like that one. This, one. this is why this one's better. They just like to have a friend to talk with about these things. And there's Mickey again. And so start to think, well, what are some lessons learned? At the end of each trip, they, they ask us, where did you see Jesus? How, how, what are you taking away from this week? And the ones that came to my mind were both joy and purpose. Maybe not lessons learned, but lessons re-emphasized. That there is a need for God's people to be joyful. And you and I have a lot to be joyful about, and sometimes we're not as joyful as we are called to be, are we? And then you go to a place like this, and you meet the residents, and you hang out, and life is just as good as it gets. By the way, um, this, this girl... She has her own canned food drive that they do annually. And she was saying, I raise a lot of food for the needy. And I thought that was pretty great. And so from this, yes, joy, but also purpose. Every person made in God's image created on purpose and for a purpose. And this place gives them a purpose. Gives them something to work. Gives them something to do and a reason to enjoy life. It is Christian-based, obviously, faith-based, the founder of it, who came out of Sunset and wanted a place for his son to be for when he was gone. And he passed away in 2021, right after their very first trip to the place. And they went outside his window and they sang hymns to him because he couldn't get out of bed. And the goal was to get to where this week was. All the contact with the residents and all the love that was being shared and the joy and the fun. And, of course, obviously the work. I love the work part. If you know me, I like to, to go and do all of that kind of stuff. And, of course, I love to hang out with the residents and just have a good time. I think of two verses. Exodus chapter 4. I went longer than I meant to, so I apologize. But Exodus chapter 4, verse 11. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. The Lord said to him, after Moses is given excuse after excuse after excuse, I can't be used by you, God. Moses, or God says to Moses, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? He's saying, I can use anyone at any time and place. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter what's going on, I can use them. And so I think of that verse. And I also think of James chapter 1, verse 27. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit widows and orphans in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Talking about beforehand not bridling the, the tongue and taking advantage of people, 
But pure religion to God and, and pure, doing purely good is taking care of those that really, really need it. And I think this group fits into the widows and orphan group umbrella that is being talked about there. And so there is purpose for each person. And I was reminded of that. And, of course, reminded of, got a lot to be joyful of. They got plenty to be joyful of, and so do I. And so I was encouraged by the visit. And I already got a project for next year. They go twice a year to this place, April and October. And Darren's asking me to come back in October next year because some of the residents, they really want a prayer chapel there on site. So October, if I'm able to go, we're going to help them build a prayer chapel. And that was going to be the, the goal of this past trip, but there was a lot of things not set up right and ready for it. And I say all this to say, if you wanted to look up disciple trips, there's plenty of trips you can go on. And if you're thinking, as I'm going through and looking at, at these individuals, I don't know if I'd be comfortable around a setting like that. You're the one that needs to go. And you will come away with just an awesome week. And so if you're interested in that, we'll go together. We'll all go, however many of us that we can go. And so... I hope you've been encouraged by this as I have. And, of course, we want to offer this as a time for prayer or anything that you might need. So if you have a need of any kind, let us know as we stand together and sing. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and you will be surprised you what the Lord hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does a cross seem heavy? every doubt will fly and you will be singing as the days go by count your blessings name them one by one count your blessings see what God hath done count your blessings name them See what God hath done. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all. Capture many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Count your
your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. You may be seated. It is still the first day of the week, and the table is still prepared. We have a few with us. Is there anyone with us? Yep. So if you would, turn to number 365. Sing this before Lord's Supper this evening. Nearer, still nearer. 365. We'll sing just the first and then the last verse of this song. One and four. 365. Nearer, still nearer. To thy heart, draw me, my Savior, so precious thou art. Fold me, oh, fold me close to. Let's just show hands again of the ones that weren't able to take this morning. Okay. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for many blessings. We're thankful, Heavenly Father, for this time that we have to gather around this table this evening. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you be the ones that partake of this bread that represents your son's body, that they remove all worldly thoughts from their mind and partake in a manner that's pleasing to thy sight. In Christ's name, amen.
Our Heavenly Father, we continue to give you thanks for this cup which represents Christ's shed blood on the cross. We ask you to bless those who partake of it. May we do it in a manner well pleasing to you. This we ask you in Christ's name. Amen. So this evening, have an opportunity to give back of our blessings, and the offering plate will be put in the back in the foyer. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for all the blessings you give us in our life. We realize, Father, what privileges we have and blessings that you bestow down on us daily. We pray, Heavenly Father, as we give back of those blessings that we give with a cheerful heart, we pray that you be with the elders as they decide where to use the monies collected and pray that many works can be done through this church because of the things that we do give back. In Christ's name, amen. It's been a blessing for me and I know for you to be here tonight and 